Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everybody. My name is Stevie Kim, and welcome to the Ambassador's Corner. This is indeed the Italian Wine Club. As you know, we interview our favorite Italian wine producers with one of our Italian wine ambassadors at large. And then we replace this session, this call on Italian wine podcasts, wherever you get your pods. So thank you. Thank you all for coming back. And today we have a special mod, a moderator today. Her name is Giulia Stocchetti. Ciao, Giulia. Ciao, Stevie. Okay, come va? I'm really good, thank you. Okay. I'm excited for today. Okay, excellent. <laughs> so Julia is a special moderator because she she didn't really do the course with us. But let me tell you a little bit about Julia. I met her actually through her father, who was working in Houston, a winery nearby, and. I met her actually in New York because uh, she was doing a stage with Gino Colangelo. Actually, Gino popped by the office today. You met him, right? Oh, yeah. It was so great. When was the last time you saw him? Oh, I guess like last year at Vinidoli, maybe, but uh, just okay. for a couple minutes yeah, to so, say hi. So, Julia, tell us what you're doing now. Of course, I'm very jealous because she has her WSET diploma, which I had started doing. But you were like the first one to get the diploma in this area, right? Yeah, I guess so. It was yeah. like April 2021, and I was so excited when I got the news from... Yeah, I remember. I saw Monday. your face on the local newspaper. I was like, wow, good for her. Brava, bravissima. And then, and what are you doing now in terms of work? Well, now I'm actually a freelancer, mm-hmm. so I have different collaborations still in the wine world. And I'm happy to share with you this news that I'll be also <laughs> working with you, Stevie, and your team. So Yeah, exactly, um. right? There you go. That's the special effect. Oh, wow. Uh, Okay, okay. So that's (laughs) the big news. Julia will be joining our Italian Wine Academy, which is, of course, we are WSET APP here in Verona, and she will be teaching levels one, two, and hopefully three very soon when she's fully acclimated as the educator for WSET. So here we go. Today, you have chosen your favorite winemaker, wine producer, as Francesco Rizzo, who's actually in the booth with us today. So I'm going to give you the entire floor shortly. But why did you choose Francesco as your favorite wine producer? So basically, Francesco is one of my favorite producers. First of all, because I really enjoy his wines and his company. 
I like him because he's a great man. He is really uh, hospitable and with such a big, big heart. He's in love with his territory that is basically Pantelleria. And he makes wines only from indigenous grape varieties, specifically from Zibibbo, also known as uh, Muscato of Alexandria. And that literally drives me crazy as grape variety. Francesco, he's giving more and more value to his land and its vine growers, basically. And Pantelleria, I have to say, is my favorite place in the world. It's like a small continent and it is closer to Africa than to Italy. And basically, there's one of the most incredible vineyards I've ever seen in my whole life, where basically you are walking on this pumice surface and you can see Lake Venere, you can see the Mediterranean Sea, you have the mountains that shields this vineyard from weather hazards. Basically, it's like living in a postcard, and that's really cool. Is he coming from Pantelleria today? Today, actually, he's coming from uh, Gavirate, near Varese, because ah. he travels back and forth. Oh, I see. But so you, okay, I was like, but now I understand why he has such a nice tan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Exactly, he's yeah. traveling but back and forth. Ten days ago. Okay, <laughs> all right. So he's actually in the recording booth with us today. So listen, Julia, I don't know if you know, but we're kind of geeky around here, and we are all about learning objectives. So what are our learning objectives from your call with Francesco today? Well, uh, first of all, as you might know, Pantelleria is a tiny, small island, and uh, we are going to discover what it takes to be successful as a small winery on that small island. Then uh, we'll learn about unexpected and unbelievable, unique Zibibo sparkling wines being made. And we'll hear about the climate changes faced in the region due to uh, this climate change. We will also gain insight into the Pantelleria wine industry, where the key role basically is the human factor, because everything is basically handmade. Okay, excellent. Listen, that sounds great. I am going to leave, slide this mic over to Francesco now and leave you for this call, this session, and then maybe I'll be coming back towards the end of the show. Okay? Sounds great. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Kim. Thank you, Stevie. So, Francesco Rizzo, after years spent dealing with finance for an international company, decided to return to the windy island of Pantelleria, where his family used to live. Um, basically, his family owns a small vineyard in the countryside of Campobello, northeast of the island. And that's a vineyard with outcropping volcanic rocks, capers, and zibibo vines. It is located 30 meters above the sea level and at around 300 meters from the seaside. And Francesco with the help of the enologist Antonio Daietti. Oh my God, Antonio Daietti is such a great man. And <laughs> just a couple words about him uh, for who doesn't know his name. Antonio Daietti is an expert on the Pantelleria winemaking tradition. Until today, basically, he took care of more than 40 harvests on the island. Basically, Francesco with Antonio and four other friends founded the Venezuela Company in 2010. Through the production on site and the distribution of products made of Zibibo grapes, 
This company contributes to the enhancement of the fruits of the island as well as of the tradition uh, in the enological field. So, Francesco, you're located on the beautiful island of Pantelleria near Africa. You started Venezuela in 2010 and you told me that it all started as a dream to do something on and for your family territory. How did a dream grow into a winery, basically? Thanks, Julia, for the invitation. And uh, I have to say that uh, it's a pleasure to be here with everybody today. I'm not really from Pantelleria, but I have a big passion for it because my family, since uh, more than five centuries, lived in, in this island. And uh, my brother was born in this island. For labor decision, my father transferred to the north of Italy in the 50s, and so I was born uh, north of Milan, near Varese and Gavirate. Nice place also there, but clearly uh, Pantelleria remained in the heart. So this love to the island always remained. I was doing for a lot of years something different. I was finance director for a multinational company responsible for Southern Europe. In 2010, Discussing with uh, Antonio Daietti, winemaker, and some of the friends, we, we, we were saying uh, what uh, we are going to do with our grapes. Because, as uh, Julia said, uh, I have also a small vineyard in, in the island. And so uh, our passion brought us to decide immediately to rent our house and decide to do everything on the island the production of wine on the, completely on the island. We bought everything. We are really small, but uh, we started with, with uh, a warehouse of around 100 square meters, so nothing, but we had everything. And we started with three products, a passito, passito, the famous passito di Pantelleria, a white dry wine, and a fortified wine. In the last year, so we discontinued because for a small winery is not uh, uh, economic to produce a fortified wine. And maybe you didn't have enough grapes, I guess. <laughs> also for that, because uh, if, you, if you do fortified wine, you have to do quantities, and we are not a winery for quantities. Our aim is to give uh, quality and to maintain the tradition of agriculture in Pantelleria, of uh, vinification in Pantelleria and uh, uh, think to the future also, bringing back some production where we are discontinued in the last years. So it was a matter of passion at the end. The passion was higher than our madness because we said with uh, the Antonio Daietti, with a winemaker, we are really crazy. Uh, <laughs> starting in 2010, a new winery. But uh, as said, passion was higher than madness. And uh, the name of the company, Venezuela, is representing the two passions that we have because Venezuela is vin from wine and Isola from island. So Venezuela, the vini dell'Isola di Pantelleria. Wow, so. really nice. Thank you, Francesco. So I'm so curious about your small vineyard located in the town of Campobello. 
because uh, basically you own this small piece of land, of precious land, I would say, but you source most of the grapes from vine growers around the island. I will say indigenous grapes from indigenous people. What is like working with them? Because to me, it sounds like you're a big family working together, giving value to your territory. Yes, uh, you are right. We are quite a family. Uh, normally, we have always fun at the end of every harvest. Uh, we go and have lunch together for hours and hours, discussing what can be the future of uh, uh, the agriculture in Pantelleria. Yes, uh, uh, I have a small vineyards nearby the sea, and uh, we have the, the winemaker has his uh, vineyards, but we decide to collect also from other producers, our wine growers, because we think that uh, they have uh, in their hands uh, the tradition. Because in Pantelleria there is no there is no written of what is the agricultural practice of uh, the Alberello Pantesco. The people knows, the <laughs> yeah. farmer knows. The good thing is we have also some young guys that are have a passion to continue these traditions because uh, otherwise everything will be lost because there is nothing written, really. Yeah, sounds about right because I remember when I was harvesting with you a couple of weeks ago and I was doing it with people from the island, from vine growers from the area, and they were basically uh, teaching me everything and they were pointing out that there's no written tradition it's all oral and everything is passed from one generation to another. Yeah. And a, a thing that is really nice is that basically more and more young people are going back to the land and trying to uh, make the best out of its products. It's important. Uh, we hope that they will continue because clearly it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. You saw how it is. Nothing is mechanical. You cannot... Uh, go with any mechanical stuff uh, to help you in the Yeah, exactly. The You're harvest. like heroes working in the in yeah. the heroic viticulture of Pantelleria. Yes. But um so uh, your most prestigious wine is called Amare, right? Yes. And it's named after the small plot you have in Campobello. So, can you please tell me why you always talk about this Campobello piece of land as something so special to you? And what makes the Zibibo from here so unique and so precious? Yes. Except that it's yours. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would say because it's mine. <laughs> in Pantelleria, they always say in the past, uh, having a vineyard nearby the sea has always been a fortune because... Uh, they are the best uh, vineyards because they take a lot of sun, but they are nearby the sea, so they take uh, a lot of humidity, the salty that is coming from, uh, with the wind coming from the sea. So it's a, in particular condition. On top, my vineyards in Campobello has uh, volcanic rocks between the grapes and together with cappers. So, there is a, a mixture of things uh, that help uh, bring in the best of the best. 
because the best is the Bibo and the Bibo in uh, Campobello is the best of the best. So uh, a land near the sea, a mare, so near the mare, near mare, vicino al mare, uh, and we called a special wine a mare. Is so another, how, how do you make is this another, wine? Yes, it's another, another crazy thing because we <laughs> said, okay, the first harvest completely in our winery was 2011. We decided to take aside the grapes from these uh, piles, take with continuous betonage on the, on the lease for five years. We bottled in 2016. Oh, wow. It was really unbelievable. Because and, and the wine was it like in stainless steel? Tanks, only stainless or? steel. Oh, okay, nice. So, because the grapes of the people are very particular, they have everything. They have tannic in the... In the um, La buccia nel, on the skins, on the skins yeah. and uh, they are sweety. There is nothing to add at the end. They don't need anything. And, uh, okay, we decided to take that, and uh, it's coming uh, a wine that is quite, quite a fortified wine because it has quite 16 degrees. Oh, wow. Zero sugar, even if uh, the grapes are very sweety. And... Uh, Somebody says, uh, but this is the dry passito. So it can be used uh, at the end uh, for during a discussion with friends uh, or with uh, blue cheeses. So basically, is it sounds like an elegant, powerful, and unique wine. Yes. It's a, it has a great alcoholic content, as we said, a very aromatic bouquet, a great sapidity, due to the condition in which the vine grows, as we said in that, uh, in that particular vine yard. So, so it's uh, elegant yellow color, very, uh, very powerful, very strong yellow color. And uh, it's a great wine for me to enjoy in company. <laughs> nice. And I guess it's uh, like a, there's a small production. It's like a limited edition yes. you're making, right? Yes, you're right. The vineyard, this vineyard is very small. For the first... Uh, Harvest 2011, we produce 1,000 more than less than 1,100 bottles. Mm -hmm. We sold them in a wooden box, single bottle. Normally, it's used for gift during Christmas or Easter or in some occasion opportunities. We do not produce it every every year. We produce when the grapes are really unbelievable. So till now we produce the 2011, mm -hmm. as said, bottled in 2016. I have to say it has been a great, great result because as a joke, quite, quite as a joke, we sent to, to the Cantor World Wine Awards and it took 96 point gold medal. That's amazing. Yes, yeah, we were, were really surprised, but positively surprised. <laughs> we were proud of what so, we so did. So you're right to be proud of your small piece of yes. land. <laughs> and the second vintage that we did was 2015. This we bought in 2021. And okay, it took uh, five, four, four grapes from uh, Bibenda of uh, the Fondazione Italiana Sommelier. Nice. And yeah, how, last long, year. how long do you think it can last in the bottle? Okay, I think we are still uh, have great fun drinking the 2011. So it's already 12, 13 years, 12 years. 
Uh, I think that uh, taking a right way take Castell for very, very long, more than 20 or so, 30 years. But you know what? I, I want to see if I'm able to keep a bottle <laughs> in my cellar because every time you take me some wine, I'm like, oh my God, I should store it to try it like in a couple of years, in five years. So The, the yeah, problem I, is the quantity because 2011 is quite finished. Oh God. 2015, uh, we had only produced 500 bottles. Oh wow. But we started last year to, to sell practically. And uh, the next vintage will be 2022, but will be bottled not before 2026, 27. So we have to wait. Oh, then but will I have be to pre order 1, it. 1.2 thousand <laughs> <laughs> There were more quantities in 2022, but we have to wait at least another three, four years. <laughs> okay, but please remember to keep one bottle for yeah. us, at least, we'll please. Take, we'll take a <laughs> so side. We'll share it at the office. Okay, um, but uh, one thing I would really love you to talk about is the unique viticultural system of the area. Because um, can you please tell us what is the training system that you use and why is it impossible to mechanize it? Because basically the only machine you use is the... Motocultivatore, rototiller. Yes, rototiller <laughs> or the moto hole, so the moto zappa, as we say in Pantelleria, moto zappa. Yes, because there is no place uh, to have uh, machines inside the vials. The particular way uh, of the traditional practice uh, does not permit uh, to mechanize, because uh, let's say the traditional practice in Pantelleria to cultivate the low bash vines has been considered by UNESCO a system of sustainable methods under harsh climatic conditions. We can connect also for, with the fact of the climate change because this practice helps to, to reduce the risk of diseases uh, on the plant and so on. But clearly, as you can imagine, having plants in a hole and to maintain the hole and so on, without any mechanization is not so economic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there is a positive uh, thing for the, to sustain uh, to the, the agriculture behind the, uh, the climate change, but clearly, or reducing quantities or spending a, a lot. At the end, if we go back to the agricultural practice, what it means, uh, there are several phases. Uh, the ground is prepared, leveling the soil, digging the hollow, and then plant the vine into the hollow. Normally, also today, somebody is not doing exactly as it was in the past, but the olo has to contain the grapes. Oh. Normally, the grapes should be inside the olo because they don't have the wind. Uh, they, are complete, they are quite covered from the sun, the hot sun of summer. And normally, the... Um, insects and... The insects and so on. Are not going down the hole. They are going on uh, on the level of the of the ground. So, is a way to protect also from insects. 
Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at pointwine.net. Clearly. So pruning and canopy management are fundamental. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the pruning helps to maintain the, the plant very low. So go radial, normally uh, six branches, more or less. Uh, and so there is a, uh, the creation of, of a microclimate that helps to maintain at best the grape. Even if we are in a, uh, the Mediterranean area, we know has always been very tough in terms of uh, hot uh, weather. And, and now with the climate, climate change, also strong winds and so on. So uh, you point out the fact of the climate change. So uh, this year um, was a very difficult vintage throughout Italy. And how is this climate change affecting Pantelleria? Uh, it's affecting Pantelleria in a way that uh, uh, there are more uh, extreme events because hot well, was always hot. Wind, there was a wind. We know Pantelleria is a windy island. But now we are really extreme. Over the last uh, years, there were also some uh, tornado. Mm-hmm. of the tornado. No way. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was uh, unbelievable. Okay, Terrible experience, I, I, was, uh, I, I guess. But I have not understood anything because I, I saw black. Water arriving from, uh, the, from left, from right, from above, uh, everywhere. Water entering uh, uh, in the house, uh, from in the everywhere. In, the, in my Damuso, from everywhere. Oh, God. And I was fortunate because it was the, at the end of the harvest, we were going to eat. <laughs> it's important <laughs> for, for us. It's fundamental. For, it's fundamental. We were going to eat, and so I went to my damuso, to my house. It's not properly a damuso. It's part of the damuso. It's an old damuso. Yeah, but, but let's tell other people what a damuso is. Maybe yes. they don't know. It's okay. the Pantelleria's house, right? <laughs> Pantelleria's house. <laughs> uh, and uh, I... S- I understood that there was something different because strong wind and uh, rain that arrived from everywhere. So I closed everything and I was lucky because if the wind entered the house, uh, it destroyed everything. Oh, yeah. There was an house 200 meters from uh, my mine that was completely opened by the wind. Oh God. And the uh, cars uh, projected in the, in the, on the sky <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and the a guy died. Uh, uh, into that car. Oh so my God. Well, it was not easy. But, but it's so the first time that something like this happens in Pantelleria because I know tornado that usually those tornadoes but are like uh, in like the water, the in the yes. sea, exactly, Normally, not on the mainland. Yes, it was the first time that uh, entered in the first, probably the second, but 
of this dimension was the first time that arrived in in the land. Of Thank God you're still yeah. here because I, I really love your wines. <laughs> Otherwise, I should have talked to you and talk. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, I was a little bit. Uh, no, I was. But fine. how so. is the Bibo grape coping with this climate change? Is that the plant doing good? Uh, is okay. the Bibo adapting to this climate change, or it's tough? The Zibibo uh, is considered already a very resistant grape. So, normally he is very resistant. Then, the, the way in which it is uh, produced in Pantelleria, uh, the agricultural process of the Alberello Pantesco help to, to have uh, already quality something grapes. that is a quality that is very a grape that is very resistant by itself and also for how it is cultivated. So it can be a, a way that uh, can be used in other places of Italy, but clearly, as I said before, probably is not an economic way to, to, to <laughs> cultivate grapes. Okay, so um, thanks for that. Um, but let's talk about your five PDO wines. Pantelleria PDO wines and from the autochthonous grape variety Zibipo. How old are the vines that you use to make the wines? And do you see Vinisola buying more vineyards in the future? And especially, is there any other grape variety that you'd like to grow? Yeah, on, I know a bunch average. of questions. <laughs> On average, our uh, vines are more than 60, 70 years. Oh, wow. Uh, we have some, some vines that I have uh, around about one, uh, a century. Oh, wow. Also in my vineyards, there are, there are couples that are really, really old, and I think uh, uh, well before the Second World War. Um, what... Uh, we thought is that it was better to, ma to, to maintain the, the vineyards with who is following them, through so with the farmers. Okay. It's for that that at the moment, Venezuela uh, is not buying land. It's taking, it's working like a family, it's taking a relationship, and uh, uh, we work with who has our same passion yeah. for the island and for the the grapes of the Bibo and so on. Uh, clearly, uh, in Pantelleri, we have another, another idea. Uh, we did already something, uh, but uh, with Pericone. Oh, interesting. Uh, Pericone is now also, also in Sicily, they are trying to revitalize it, and they are doing a very good jobs also. Uh, in Pantelleria, Pericone is called Nero Nostrale, that means our red wine, our red grape. Uh, and before the Zibibo, there were big, big banyas of Pericone. They disappeared. And why? What happened? Because mainly um, the Zibibo has substituted the Pericone because in the 50s, 60s, they found that the Zibibo was more. Uh, economic for the people because they have free outputs, the fresh fruit, the resins, and then, okay, for the vinification of the wines. And uh, that were not for the pericone, okay? 
there was uh, probably two of them. Uh, so you made a wine with Perricone? We tried the wine. Uh, we, we tried it, we tried the, the third sparkling in oh. Pasadena <laughs> with Perricone. That was a, a sparkling rosé. We call him Sicilia rosé because mm-hmm. it, it was a, a, a deep pink color. So Sicilian, not uh, uh, a, a French uh, rosé. Uh, it was well, well structured. It was 85% done with Pericone and 50% with uh, uh, Zibibo. That gave uh, a little bit of aromaticity to, to, to this wine. It, it was uh, well accepted where, uh, who, by whom uh, tested it. The problem is that after 2020, uh, we are no, no more able to find grapes. Oh. We were planting, uh, and also our winemaker planted uh, some uh, some uh, cuttings, but uh, the year after was really too hot, and they died completely. Oh, so sorry. So over the last two years, uh, we had no, practically no grape, not enough grape to do a, a vinification. Mm-hmm. So at the end, we saw the light. And what, uh, what was the name of your rose? I'm curious. Cause the name was Votaiferia. What is Votaiferia? Because Vezibibo, uh, that practically substituted the Perdicone, that means, uh, okay, uh, killed, killed him, is <laughs> uh, looking at the past, is taking the Perdicone, and together they feriano. That means they dance, uh, they go around together. So looking at the future. So the, uh, by the union of the, uh, of the two grapes that were in Pantelleria, we wanted to, f- to look mainly to the future. That's beautiful. Clearly, we, uh, we will come back. I think that uh, definitely we will try again something with uh, Perigone. And I'm sure you'll do great. Um, because, yeah, usually when people think about Pantelleria, they're all like on dessert wines, sweet wines, passito. But actually, it's not the only wine style you make on the island, right? I mean, you're the only one that makes sparkling wines here, owning three autoclave, and your production takes place entirely on the island. Yes, Julia, it's, it's our policy. Uh, when we started, we said we have to do everything on the island. So we started in 2011 with three products, as said then we discontinued the, the fortified. In 2013, with a winemaker, we said, okay, in the past, in Pantelleria, a spumante was done. Also a good spumante. It was a sweet, sweet one, mainly a sweet one. Uh, it was a Solimano. Uh, and we said, uh, why don't try to bring back the sparkling wines in Pantelleria? Nobody was done it. Samboni was still da- doing some uh, Pantelleria uh, sparkling, some Pantelleria spumante, uh, but the second vinification uh, was done outside the island, or in Sicily, or in the north of Italy, mainly in Oltre oh, Popavese or in, in, near Asti. Uh, so what we said, uh, we are really crazy. We just started <laughs> and uh, we, like decided, <laughs> we decided in 2013 to buy two autoclavi. Oh. 
25 hectoliters and we started we started with a spumante that is a demisec and that is called shalai uh, clearly just a moment from the 100 square meters of uh, rented warehouse we said we need another part and now we are 200 so we doubled the, the small uh, warehouse uh, the small winery that we have shalai is a sparkling uh, demi sec as said normally is between 35 40 grams per liter in terms of sugars 11 degree of alcohol and why shalai because we really uh, shalai means in dialect uh, Pantesco, Sicilian, or normally also in the south of Italy, a great pleasure for from inside, from the death. And that was uh, the great pleasure that we had, one, bringing back the production of sparkling in Pantelleria, and second, having this uh, grape of uh, Zibibo in the mouth, uh, drinking uh, the first sip uh, of, uh, of the new Shalai. You must be proud. <laughs> yes, we are really happy with what uh, for this. Clearly, we produce only 3,000 bottles per year. It's nice, uh, it's appreciated. Uh, so, but, can uh, you tell us something about maybe the aromas and flavors just to let them imagine <laughs> what they're missing and what they need to try? <laughs> but clearly, the base of the Zibibo, the aromaticity of the Zibibo is everywhere in every kind of wines that came from Zibibo, clearly. So there is the, the Zibibo fragrances, but also Mediterranean fruit, the citrus, uh, white peach, uh, sage. Mm. So, and uh, uh, is very nice and has different uh, way of pairing. Because for instance, uh, it's very good with shrimps, uh, with uh, raw, raw fish, with oysters, Clearly, with, uh, with dessert, uh, with cakes, uh, especially Sicilian cakes, uh, mm. is, is wonderful. But for instance, as an uh, aperitif, has uh, been in, in, in Piemonte, we pair it with uh, ham, stagionated ham, 40, 48 years from uh, what it was from, uh, okay, was a famous uh, kind of ham. <laughs> Sounds so like a gentleman it, on the table. It gets along with different <laughs> dishes, with different flavors, and yes, it's yes, quite interesting. Yes. We said the, the farmers did in the past, in the, for home utilization, only for the family, a sparkling dry wine. was done with the other kind of grapes that they took around the, the vineyards. Clearly, came a sparkling because it was an error in the, in the production. It means they, they leave some sugar at the end, so they fer it fermented again, and so it broke some sparkling. But we say, okay, there was some sparkling on the table of the Pantelleria people. And so we said, okay, we, do, we bought the third autoclave because we needed another one, <laughs> and uh, we started with a mano libera. It is a sparkling uh, zibibo, the, the unique Zibibo sparkling dry existing in the world. And uh, okay, it's very fresh, it's very uh, spring, uh, spring, uh, it's a spring uh, wine. Uh, 
and the name. Oh, yeah, I, I was wondering who came yeah. up with the names, I mean, shall I, the, Amano Libera, what was the idea? Okay, <laughs> okay. the name came at the end of, uh, from my son, but uh, in, in this case, it's, what, it's quite a joke that uh, myself and the winemaker said, because we were deciding what we do, how many sugar grams, uh, I mean, uh, what is the acidity that we want to arrive, how uh, to be, and, uh, but I said to the winemaker, Antonio, it's now eight o'clock, I'm hungry, <laughs> let's go to eat, now you have free hand, you, have, you are to I mano libera, you have free hand, and so from that, uh, he came out with uh, an unbelievable wine that in this moment is the first selling uh, wine of uh, Vinisola. Wow. Yes. And uh, we have to say that, uh, okay, we are in 10 restaurants in Shanghai with uh, Amano River. That's so That's great. That's very small things, but... Uh, so okay. basically... Uh, the, the, the perlage is very delicate, uh, is, uh, is not so aggressive, uh, but in any case, it's persistent, so it remains for, for long. And uh, it's mainly for aperitif, but clearly with all the Mediterranean dishes, it's wonderful. But I was wondering, what's the target market for these wines? You said Shanghai, I mean, oh, okay. China then? Uh, okay, let's say we are so small, <laughs> because <laughs> we said 3,000 bottles for, uh, for, the, for Shalai, now we arrived this year to 12,000 bottles for Amano Libera. Oh, that's yes. great. Uh, the last two years, October, we had to close this, the sales because we had no wine. Uh, clearly, the target is who is loving really good wines, especially aromatic in this case. But clearly our target is mainly Sicily in this moment in Italy, even if we are some of the Clum in Milan, we are present, uh, not everywhere. So, uh, and abroad, uh, we have uh, uh, four less partners, we have in this moment uh, the China, because we started November last year. I have to say also thanks to Micro Mega Wines uh, here in Italy and to the help of uh, Jan and this, Jan, uh, Jan Dagata and these uh, people in China. <laughs> <laughs> nice, sounds great, thank you. And um, I was wondering, once the Bibo was basically a table grape and it was uh, sold as dried grapes to enjoy on the table, but, I mean, why people started making wines out of the Bibo? Okay, the Bibo was always used to make wine. It was not the first uh, output in the past. Because I remember, for instance, from, from the famous Vineyard uh, Amare, we made only in the 60s and the 70s uh, fruit, table fruit, table grape. I remember at 6 o'clock they came, they prepared the uh, gabbiette, they called us, the, the boxes, and immediately they brought to the harbor to go to, to Palermo and then to, to Rome, mainly where Sicily and Rome were the major uh, markets for, for the, for the Zibipo grapes. 
then there was the resins, so from which also Zibibo, because uh, the name Zibibo in Arab language means uh, uva secca, that was used uh, in the, mainly to maintain it and to use during the winter, and uh, it was used also to, to, to mix with uh, the mast, <laughs> and the first passito started to, to, started to happen. Uh, and then well, there was a wine. The first two disappeared at the end because uh, uh, Uvazibibo for grape as a table fruit was substituted mainly by Uva Italia. Okay. The raisins uh, were substituted mainly by the, um, uh, the, the raisins from uh, Greece and Turkey that had no seeds. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it remains uh, only for the Fignation. For this is the Bibo now is the Bibo Passito, the Bibo wine. Was not this way in the past. Uh, but clearly, the fact that two outputs disappeared helped also what is happening by Telleria because now in the, the, the hectares of vineyards are round about. Uh, it would be more than 400. They were more than 5,000 hectares in, uh, in the 70, 60s, 70s. So, but there was all a vine, practically. Oh, wow. Now is, uh, and we started also because we wanted to try to, to continue tradition and to maintain what is, to avoid that is still disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, well, I know that your son, Alessandro, is taking on more and more work for the winery. Um, so what are your dreams for Alessandro in the future? Uh, does he want to expand? Do you argue with him or do you let him do his own thing? Because I know it wasn't easy uh, when you started in 2010. So Venezuela is like your baby, it's like a piece of your heart. Yeah. So, <laughs> how's with your uh, son? Let's say, we, uh, we have a sometimes big discussion also over the future, <laughs> what to do, what not to do. Clearly, at the moment, uh, for him, is mainly a passion. But he's helping a lot, uh, because all the labels have been done by him. Oh, Sometime, they're beautiful. Uh, sometimes with the help of some of uh, his friends, uh, because he's an architect, and so he has a connection with a lot of other people. And, uh, um, and he's helping a lot for the socials, because I'm completely ignorant <laughs> <laughs> no on that. Well, sounds so, like Venezuela, it's all about and, passion and, future, and family. Yes, is a passion. Uh, as we said also, we have family, and we want to have in this family who is passionate for the island, and uh, we want to also, we said, where we want to go. We want to continue to contribute to make people knowing Pantelleria. Knowing Pantelleria, knowing the Zibibo, and so contribute to maintain what is it. So keep the tradition alive. Keep the tradition alive. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I must say that people who work on that island do that really because they have a big passion for the, the place. Because it's yes. not really easy to take care of the vines, of the olive trees you have, yes. of yes, all yes. the the, the yes. cultivation you're making. So, so thanks for keeping on <laughs> doing this and <laughs> keeping the tradition alive. Seriously, at the my son followed from the beginning and... Follow sidelines of everything we were doing, uh, helping us save for labels, for social, uh, for the, the website, the, the website. Uh, the oh, yeah, this. I saw it. And you have also an amazing uh, e shop now. So people can actually purchase still, your wines. Still, yes, it's still on the way. Okay. And uh, we were, uh, so two weeks ago, I called my son. I said, okay, well, there was a. Some money coming on our bank account. I don't know who is this, but is paying. <laughs> it can be that uh, the e-commerce. I said yes, but it's still a test. Uh, not should not be. And it was somebody that was already putting in order. Oh, nice! So we have already done do two, but it's still under review. We are completing it. I think that uh, it will complete online. Uh, from uh, next month and the next month for November, yes. So right before Christmas. Yes. So yes. if you don't know what to yes. put under the <laughs> Christmas tree, make sure to have a bottle of Vinizola. That's yes. always something that makes people happy. Just already, if somebody <laughs> wants, uh, call right to info <laughs> at Vinizola. Point it, we send everything <laughs> everywhere. No, till now to Italy and to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. Well, but I also remember that the whole island of Pantelleria is a Parco Nazionale, right? Right. And um, as you said, the agricultural practices are part of the UNESCO heritage. So that's also something that makes your wines, I mean, unique. And of course, that adds value to the wines you're making, right? Uh, but talking about value and awards, your Passito Arbaria received super high scores from the Canter, being awarded the Platinum Medal. And it's also prized from other important wine guides like Bibenda and Five Stars Wine. Uh, actually, both vintages, 2015 and 2016, got 92 points right from Five Stars Wine. In respectively, was like during Vinitaly 2018 and 2019, okay. right? Right, right. Yeah. Right. And I guess this kind of recognition helped you out spreading the Vinizola word and selling more wines. Yes. Uh, everything is helping. Thinking about uh, Parco Nazionale, the UNESCO, that said that the, the agricultural practice of Pantelleria was uh, world heritage, help. But what is helping is if they, are, they will be able to connect people. Because one of the things that is still lacking a little bit in Pantelleria is, the, uh, is working together. We have to improve. I, I, same, I'm, I'm not in the right... I said also myself, I have to improve on that. But, Everybody has to try to, to improve, stay more together because we are a small community and we cannot, and we have to leverage what we have. Parco Nazionale is a big opportunity also to bring money and to help the agriculture in, in the island. We are still doing something. 
next uh, next month there will be a big uh, a meeting speaking about uh, climate change what to do in the island of the mediterranean so everything is helping but clearly for, in my opinion for us also also the prize that we receive uh, the awards that we receive are always helping but clearly in this moment, I think that uh, the most important thing is the relationship. And this relationship with our people in the vineyards, in the, in the, in the winery, and the relationship with our people outside, both for suppliers or, and clients. So there's a lot of work in terms of relationship for us. Yeah, sounds, sounds about right. And then I have to say that Last year, you are speaking about uh, the awards of uh, Arbaria. Uh, last year, we received, uh, for the second year in a row, the five grapes from Bibenda. So oh. also in Bibenda 2024, we will have our Arbaria uh, as five grapes uh, awarded by the Fondazione Italiana Sommelier. Bravo, bravo. Super congrats. <laughs> I want to have a bottle thanks, of that. Uh, <laughs> thanks to the winemaker, thanks to the people working in the winery, thanks to the farmers yeah of course and well i know also that ian dagata is a big fan of vinisola and thanks to participating in vinitali verona in the micro mega wines area and in some master classes held by him you're getting more and more visibility is that right Yes, absolutely, yes. So we participated to Vinitaly for two, three years when we started. When we said, okay, it's a good opportunity, but it's too expensive for a so small company. And uh, we had some help from the Sicily region, thanks to them, but it was not enough for a really small, really small wine. So we decided we don't go anymore. Then we were called to participate to Micro Mega Wines. And we said, well, this can be an opportunity for a really small winery, a special grape producing a small island and so on. And so we accepted to, to, to come back to, 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 to Verona Fiere, to Vin Italy, and participate to Micromica Wine. And the, the first thing I have to say, I met, I didn't met. <laughs> we share only mails with Jan, about uh, the preparation for the micro, the first micro mega wines that should have happened in 2020, then arrived in 2022 for the COVID issues. And uh, okay, uh, he, he really appreciated mainly it was Zephyrus, so the dry one, and Shalai, the, the Spumante. And so we remain in contact. We participated also to the second. Uh, event of Mico Mega Wine last year, and I will say that the master class that Jan took with our wines had a lot of positive feedback, and we received a lot of people coming to our stand after, after his master classes. It was really uh, unbelievable, a big help for us. Sounds great. Thanks, Francesco. Okay, it's a weird almost near the end so we're going to close up the room but francesco i was kind of busy so i had i wasn't really listening to you is there anything you've missed that you'd like to say before we close up the room 
Uh, in, in this moment, no. Mm-hmm. Unless How was the say, harvest? The, Did you guys talk about the harvest? It was a really tough fast, uh, harvest. harvest. Yeah. Because we had a strong wind in May mm-hmm. from east, and so we destroyed the, the buds of that land that go that were on the east side of the island. Then in June, there was a lot of rain, mm-hmm. but it was not positive because it was too much. Oh, create a lot of humidity. Mm-hmm. So do you have downy mildew in yes. Ospera? Yes. Lot you of, yeah. Even in the island with so much air and was, so much sun? Yes, but it was too much. It was mm-hmm. really the rain of June. Normally in Pantelleria they say mm-hmm. if it's raining in June, mm-hmm. the harvest will be with low production. Uh-huh. Then on top, in July, it was really hot. Mm-hmm. But for a long time. And so this uh, burned the grapes before uh. they reach the real maturity. Uh, so at the end, we estimate to have a minus 40% of. Oh my uh, goodness. Yes, yes. Did you guys talk about this at all during the interview? No. No, no, we, no. we just no. talked about no. the, the yeah. climate change. Oh my God, year. that's crazy. But it's, it, is lying with Sicily more or less. I spoke with some friends in yeah. Marsala and so on. They said to me, "This is that's terrible. That's tragic. Yes. Uh, less than forty percent." I have to say, for some of the farmers will bring to us mm-hmm. their grapes. Vizia mm-hmm. brought zero. Oh my goodness! And somebody else, uh, because they were in the in particular side, more protected uh, and so on. Mm-hmm maintain their production so they compensated. Okay. So, right. so have you already like, finished the harvest or is it still going? For gone? us uh, it's finished. Right. Quite, quite, I heard that more or less uh, quite all the companies has finished. Right, right. Finished in this period, yes. Yeah. Because normally we start uh, just after uh, mid-August. Mm-hmm. We have ended uh, the 11th of September. Oh, I see. So the other are ending now, the, the okay. biggest one, let's say. Right, right. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. I understand Peranospora, which is in Italian, it, it's down in Mildew. It has afflicted great part of Italy, yes. some parts more than others, and it sounds like in Pantelleria, it was kind of a disaster. So hopefully you will still be able to make some good wine with the fewer grapes. We are deciding now what to do, mm-hmm. because really we have to review probably the mix of production mm-hmm. between our wines. We have doubts to produce Passito this year. Right, of course. And uh, that takes a lot of quantity of grapes mm-hmm. uh, to yeah. produce it. And uh, But, okay, at the end uh, we think that what will come will be, will be good. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. Listen, so how can people get in touch with you? Like, you have an Instagram. Well, first of all, the your what is the website? It's vinizola.it. Vinizola. IT, IT, yes. Okay, so there's information about that there. And then what about Instagram? Instagram, we have vinizola uh, down underscore. underscore. Vinizola underscore winery. Okay. And we have Facebook, Vinizola Winery. Okay, great. All right, that's fantastic. So check it out, Venezuela, and that is it. Signing off. Alla prossima, ciao ragazzi. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. 
don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.